0: If a large, long-lasting power outage happened, how could you get emergency power for your family's survival? An expert shares possible strategies with more. Here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. M. Granger Morgan is the Hammerschlag University Professor of Engineering at Carnegie Mellon University and co-director of the National Science Foundation Center for Climate and Energy Decision Making. Professor Morgan, you were the co-author of a study that examined how to deal with multi-day power outages, but before we get to your study... Should the average homeowner have a generator or some plan for when the power goes out?
1: Well, I suppose it depends upon how often the power goes out in your region. If it's frequent, then the answer is perhaps yes. What we were interested in, and this is actually work done by my doctoral student, Angelina Bowman, what we were interested in was the relative cost of having individual generators like that as opposed to doing things collectively for a neighborhood. You know, a few houses together or maybe an entire distribution feeder. And it turns out it's a lot cheaper to do the latter than to everybody have their own generator. It's a lot cheaper if, for example, you could have distributed generation either at substations or in smaller groups of microgrids One of the problems with microgrids, which get talked about a lot, is that the only organization that can make one of those things is a traditional utility. I mean, if I and my neighbors want to get together and do it, the state laws basically make that very difficult. And state legislators would be well advised to try to figure out how to allow some entrepreneurial activity in underneath the distribution system while, of course, also worrying about who's going to pay for the wires.
0: The smallest of these cooperative plans you looked at was a 10-house neighborhood. Would that also fall under that umbrella?
1: Yeah. Anything that involves one group selling power to another is covered under state exclusive service territory laws. There are exceptions. I mean, I know somebody in Vermont, for example, is actually the former chair of the Vermont Public Utilities Commission, who has figured out how to link together a few local homes. But they take exceptions. So the main obstacles to doing this sort of thing are regulatory and legal. And state legislatures could begin to address those issues, especially if the concerns about resiliency and power outages grow.
0: Is this something that a neighborhood homeowners association could somehow handle on their own, or it would still require some regulatory participation, I guess?
1: Well, it would depend on what power company you have. I mean, if you're served by a co-op, or for that matter, if you institute yourselves as a co-op with your own generation, that might be different. But if you're served by a conventional utility then no, you can't just do that on your own. I've chaired a couple of recent National Academy studies, the most recent one on the future of the electric power system, one a few years back on the resilience of the nation's power system, and interest and concerns about resilience are of course growing, and our vulnerability is growing. We depend a whole lot more these days on electric power for a whole variety of things than we did 20, 50, or 100 years ago.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask, are power outages becoming more frequent these days?
1: It's not so much a matter of there being more frequent. It's more a matter of whether we can sustain the impacts of large outages of long duration. I mean, we all experience outages of a few minutes now and then. And, of course, if you've got some special need, like you're on a ventilator or something, you really do need to take steps for backup. And you need to make sure that those backups will run for long enough to cover you, but most of us, of course, for short outages aren't inconvenienced all that much. Longer outages are a different thing. For example, my own home in New Hampshire had an outage that lasted a couple of days, and we had to scramble to get generators in because it had electric heat. And, you know, if you didn't heat it during the winter, the pipes would freeze and the cost would be very large. And
0: what do you think the likelihood is that these sorts of cooperatives that your report explores could ever actually come to fruition?
1: Oh, I think the prospects are growing. And, of course, it'll be a strong function of what state you're in. But people are increasingly concerned about resilience of electric power. So I think state legislators and regulators are going to be increasingly sympathetic to proposals to try to make these sorts of things possible.
0: I'm Granger Morgan, professor from Carnegie Mellon University and the National Science Foundation Center for Climate and Energy Decision Making. Thank you very much for joining us today.
1: You're most welcome.
0: And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. And that's it for this week's show. Our Internet services are provided by Pair Networks. InfoTrack's executive producer is Randy Meyer. And I'm Chris Whitting. We hope you'll join us right here next week for another edition of InfoTrack.